Welcome to another huge episode of 12 Rows Back. We're here. We've knocked out the regular season. The home and away fixture is done. Finals are just around the corner after the bye, which we also desperately do not need. Uh, I'm here with Tom. How are you going tonight, Tom? Going well, Seb. How are you, mate? Oh, I'm fantastic. I'm fantastic. Couldn't be better. Um, it's been a big week, big week in footy. We finally got the finals picture in place. And we know who's finished where, who's playing where. We know what's happening. Um, it's great to see. And I want to I wanna actually start it off off the top. And uh, look, it's been a little bit. It's been, what, nine years between drinks for, uh, yes, for the Saints? Yes, that's uh, right. And we've got... Look, that was great for footy. A lot of Saints fans were up and about after that big, big win on Friday night to secure that spot. I've just got a little tune for you. Just uh, just to celebrate, just a little a cappella rendition of the theme song, which we are just going to let rip. This is, I did not know this was coming, listeners, so here, here we go. <laughs> oh, this is, this is, this is a tune. Final Seb, we're back. We're back in it. Oh, geez, that lid's gone. Now, this isn't your club's best work. I can tell you that. And the Trent Dennis Lane rap is about to come up. Yo, green miracles to be a saint. Just walking on water in all intense. Fishes and loaves can't be the best. I want to take my headphones off right now. This is, this is hard listening. Oh, Nick Rewalt. I'll link the video on Twitter for those who want to watch it. <laughs> please, um, please don't. There's Here a little. I was... um, I'll just, uh, I'll just, I'll just pause it now. It's probably enough. But uh, look, for those that are actually interested, I, I was looking for it. And there's actually a whole seven-minute lead-up into the big Virgin Australia, and yeah, it was a and... competition from memory. I think every club did something. Oh, well, I can tell you, I reckon the Saints lost that one. <laughs> it uh, keeps coming back for, for Rui with that clip. Uh, you actually sucked me in there. I thought you'd found some sort of, uh, you know, New Orleans Saints soul singers rendition and it wasn't the Virgin Australia clip, which uh, we're trying to distance ourselves from. But we've come a long way since then, mate. It, it's great to be back. Back yeah, in finals look, footy. I just, I had the feeling... It felt like 2009 when the Saints won the prelim. Like, the way the people were talking, like, we're back in finals, like, we're back, but really, you're just going to play a final and, and, like, you might win it, you might not, but you wouldn't go in re- with a lot of confidence against the Dogs. Well, like funnily enough, you should mention the Dogs because uh, on Friday it was actually 10 years since we beat them in the 2010 prelim, so there's a little bit of uh, synergy there. But, um, yeah, look... Uh, we look. We have celebrated this one hard. I mean, nine nine long years. We the Richardson wilderness. I think you could really say, and you throw in Scott Waters as well. Um, just a lot of. I mean, we moved down to Seaford and got out of that. Uh, just you know, a lot of water went under that bridge. So it was a long time coming. Uh, and as you know, Saints fans have a tendency to throw that lid wide off and celebrate moments like these, and we've done it again. So look, I'm with you. I'm trying to keep keep a realistic hat on but I am finding it hard but look 
you can only make the finals and then you don't know what happens from there. So we've given ourselves a chance for that second flag. Uh, that's all you can do, really. That's it. You've got to be in it to win it. Um, and look, it was it was a good win. Good win for the club. Good to win on Friday night. Um, marquee slot. Uh, where does it leave GWS? Is that window closed? Oh, geez. I thought this was a Saints special. We're not talking about them for the rest of the uh, the episode. We've got a lot to get through, Tom. <laughs> no, we no, have. We, do. we have. We're going to look at all the teams that missed out on the top eight. We're going to rank them out of ten. Uh, we're talking as a, a very odd event with a club best and fairest happening before the round was out. Uh, we're talking impacts on hubs, draft picks. We've got the rumor mill debuting this week, which I cannot wait for. Uh, stat of the week, and we'll have a look at our leaderboard on the underdog tipping. Yeah, no, so to go back, so you're there on Friday night. The Saints have, you know, were sort of, they're with us in that first half and then we've we've put the foot down with a final spot on the line. Some great play, Paddy Ryder, Rowan Marshall, Jack Steele, just to name a few, uh, played well and where does it leave the Giants? So, um, yeah, it's a great question, the window closed. I mean, we've sort of already started to see uh, today a, a few rumblings and, and players leaving, I think Zach Williams today might have. Uh, I'm not going Carlton. early on the rumor mill. This is a fact, yeah. So he he's out the door. Um, Jeremy Cameron, we want to know where he's going. Um, we don't know really the AFL's thoughts on list sizes. So and you know they've also got a, a stack of youngsters who can't get into that midfield as well. So they're on a real knife's edge. I think the Giants. It could really go either way. I feel you know at the moment they do seem together, but it. As we saw with the Suns, it doesn't take much. And, you know, once a few too many go out the door, then that's sort of the, the practice. That's almost the culture. So I'm a little worried for them because I guess that Sydney location as well, uh, you know, the west of Sydney, harder to keep their players out there. Um, uh, I don't want to say it's close because I don't think it is, but they would have to, you know, stay on that, that straight line, I think, and maintain that forward momentum because if any sort of deviation and, and they could be in trouble, what are you thinking with it, mate? Uh, game plan, I think, is the issue. You can't fault the talent there. You've got Jeremy Cameron, Canelio, Josh Kelly. Uh, you've got, obviously, Zach Williams is leaving. Finlayson, Heath Shaw will probably retire. Um, but you've got talent all around the ground. Toby Green, I, I just think... From what I've seen, the way they move the ball doesn't give the Fords a great chance. And at times, their talent seems to... They seem to try and coast on the talent a little bit more than the work the work rate. Um, yeah, I think the, the I don't know if might that's, back that one up, though, because I think their inside 50s was some of the lowest, but their efficiency was some of the highest. So that sort of says, you know, the, the talent getting it done. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's, it's like coaching at the top or, or the leaders on field. But I, I like I think it's some form of leadership and someone needs to come in and go, right, that's not how we do it. We're going to turn this around and we're going to get it right. Um, and I'm going to contradict myself. I think they need a new coach. They need to change. They need a new voice because it ain't working. Another one. So you've gone after Simple Simon and, and Melbourne. You've claimed another one here. No, look, I'll, I'll look. I'll jump on you here. I think uh, I'm with you as well. I think that it, it starts with the coach and a, a breath of fresh air um, might might do wonders for the place. Is that that the line you're sort of thinking? Well, if they're sitting three and five in round eight next year, is he under pressure? Oh no, yeah, he's in. The he's hot in the hot seat. seat if, yeah. if Melbourne aren't one and seven, he's in the hot seat. Yeah. So. I'm not saying... I don't think they should 
Actually, I'll take that back. I think they should sack him now and get a new coach. Just bite the bullet and, and get into it. I, yep. I mean, this is a bit off the cuff. We haven't uh, looked into it. Do you know any cabs off the rank? Who, who's the best you know, non-coach out there right now? I mean, John Warsfold's obviously <laughs> had enough. I mean, he has a great CV, but I think he is well and truly done. Uh, Gary Ayres, Choco Williams. There's a few old classics. Robert Harvey, I think uh, he, he's been with the you know the Pies for a while. He, he'd be up there. Um, yeah, look, there's plenty of assistants. I think um, Lee Tudor. I, I like I like his work. <laughs> you want to? What do you want? Scott Waters, Alan Richardson, <laughs> senior assistant at Melbourne. Well, I mean, I don't. Yeah, well, uh, I think you've given me a little rain with the Saints here, but I, I'd be interested as well. Coaches that have had a chance and maybe giving them a second chance. I think with Ratton was let go way too early by Carlton. They saw Mick Malthouse and they just jumped. But um, it is something in our game I find we don't really do a whole lot is give coaches that have had a go a second chance. So is there somebody potentially out there? I mean, yeah, Richo maybe not. They might want someone with a little bit more... Um, oh, what, what's the word? I guess they've had the... And this is outside looking in. I mean, Leon Cameron's not your happiest of coaches. He's sort of got more of that get the job done vibe about him which I'd say Richo does too do they need someone who could sort of you know young group mould them a little bit a bit like Chris Fagan at law at the Lions yeah a bit of a players coach possibly um I've just done my research now and he's locked up till the end of 2023 so I don't think he will be going anywhere but I I think that contract's gonna hurt yeah that's Um, that's a long one I think I read somewhere the AFL's looking at trying to stop the payout if they sack a coach. Um, and the Coaches Association is very against this yeah, because clubs so. lock them up, sign them for long-term deals and change and, their and mind look, and then they've got to get out. You sign a contract, you sign a contract. They The Giants made a grand final, so they, they didn't want to let him go, so they've signed him up. Um, well, I think it was before that, but, you know, it, the Giants were building and they, they wanted to lock him up and then, you know, they'd be happy this time last year, but... Um, I'm with you. It, it's a tricky, tricky balance when you go in the uh, the long term, uh, and the payouts involved. Obviously, yeah. It's a. Um, I think a fresh voice would really help because I think there's a, still a lot of talent in that list, um, and they're still uh, look. Those players come up in rumours all the time. Like Josh Kelly's been rumoured for a couple of years. Um, well, obviously, Aiden North Core, Rindu, he, he, Zach, he Aiden well, Cause he'll be in a, he'll be he's coming one. to North. Zach Williams. <laughs> Um, Jeremy Cameron's linked obviously Patton's left Scully's left um, Taylor Adams Trelaw like yeah, Trelaw, talent yeah. has the, just been pillaged on and off the whole time they've been operating uh, yep Josh Bruce yep yep, yep. let's name him <laughs> do you know fun fact about Josh Bruce um, he kicked a goal yesterday which finally took his year long tally to more than the six he kicked against North. I think he's now kicked 13 total. So up until last night, <laughs> just his one game against North was the same as his whole year. Oh, um, look, we'll, we'll... I mean, we'll see what happens with the Giants. They're a bit all over the shop and they've had a poor year. But I, like, I keep saying this and I keep going back to it. COVID, anything could have happened. It's not ideal circumstances for getting the best out of you. What you have to do is front up Next year, come into preseason, just write this year off, forget about it, and 
go into it and give it your best next year when you sort of have a bit more certainty. Um, and the Giants, they could they could flip right up. They could stay where they are. It's very hard to read at the moment. Um, I just think a fresh voice would really help. Um, now, we're going to jump into this a little bit earlier than we normally do, but who are you taking aim at this week, Tom? Yeah, so uh, look, it's a segment now. I sat down yesterday and, and watched the uh, the thriller between the Cats and the Swans. Uh, great, great game. Um, I think Sydney were hard done by at the end. I think for a young group to have to chase that, you know, Cats lead at the end, I think was a step too far. Maybe if they'd had their noses in front, uh, they could have ridden that momentum. But uh, look, I, I went Clarko a few weeks ago, so I don't mind the big names. Uh I've got Paddy Dangerfield in my sights, so... Danger? He, look, I'm not going to pot his on-field, you know, what he does with the ball in hand. Uh, I think, you know, he obviously put the the team on his back and took them with him. But I've got issues with his on-field demeanour and his body language. Uh, And this just might be the fan in me rather than... uh, yeah, this this is a pure fan theory for me, but uh, I just think the way he carries himself on field, he he looks like he's got the weight of the world on his shoulders, and he wants people to know that everything seems an effort. He takes a mark, and it it looks like oh geez, how good am I doing? Yeah, you know, I I don't I'm trying to word it, but he's he, you can tell in his body language that yes, I know I'm good and I'm going to carry this team. And I, I just saw him carrying himself a bit like that yesterday. You know, it wasn't the, come on, come with me, boys attitude. It was like, yes, I did that. Are you happy with me? Sort of, are you not entertained angle? And and it, it, I've, look, I've had this in my sights. Last year, halftime of the prelim, he got a free kick uh, to, you know, give the Cats a bit more of an extended lead. And instead of sort of letting the Richmond players know, he just turned around and was like, yeah, I just did that. And it was really a momentum killer for the Cats. I thought that really hurt them going into halftime at that one. And we saw what happened in the second half. The Tigers ran all over them and, and the Cats just couldn't compete. So it, I think it's a bit of, that's just how he goes about his footy. But I just think it's more about him rather than come with me, boys. And that just irked me yesterday. So I'm taking aim at that, Seb. So is it when you say his poor body language? Is it was there a bit too much of fig jam about him? It, that that's just yeah, that's right. Uh, and for those that want to know, we can put that on the on the Twitter. This is G rated slot, but um, yeah, it was, and, and that just irks me. And I, I don't know if it brings your teammates into the game. It's a, it's yeah, it is. It's just about me. So. I didn't like it. If I'm being, that's what I'm taking aim at. I, it just, it just didn't sit well with me. Well, the counter argument there is, it was about him. He single-handedly won that game of football and turned heads, and it meant Geelong now have a double chance instead of playing uh, what looks like the Pies um, in the first week of the finals. He, he single-handedly turned the game and had about a what 300 SuperCoach ranking points. Look, I'm not denying half. he played fantastic and it, it was great to, well, it wasn't great to watch though because I just feel it it doesn't do your teammates any service. It you got to bring them with you. You know, yeah. it's... it's Tall not... poppy syndrome, Tom. Tall poppy syndrome. <laughs> when he's nah, up and look, about, you like want to cut him down. No, nah, because I, I, do, I don't know why. I think it's only since he's moved to Geelong that I've seen it. He did not act like the, you know fig jam when he was playing uh, at the Crows he, he genuinely brought the boys with him but for some reason at the Cats 
maybe on the big money, it's gone to his head. Oh, that's probably just the Victorian bias. You didn't see as much of him in Adelaide. <laughs> no, no. Look, I know you like going way out west, but I can go west from Victoria and have a look at South Australia. And, and I can tell you, he, he was more modest back then as a crow. I think now maybe in his vintage, he's, he's playing it a bit differently. But look, I just call it. I didn't enjoy it. Uh, might be, you know, I mean, the cat snuck by. I don't know if you saw the vision of the uh, the, the players, wives and the kids uh, watching the game and uh, little Enright's daughter going onto the TV and just flicking the foxtel over the rugby when there was 20 seconds to go in the game. We'll put it on the uh, Twitter. But um, it look, it was a great afternoon, but that just irked me. Can I ask, um, when the Bombers boys were laughing after halftime, that irked you? You didn't like that look. What body language is acceptable? Do you <laughs> look, just want? Do you actually want robots? No, look, I don't want robots. I, I, I like. I know we we potted the bombers, but I think that was more because they they were down. I, I do. I enjoy the camaraderie of the sport. Uh, it's a team game. It's twenty two blokes going out there winning together. Uh, you know, yes, the bombers was a bad look, but I didn't mind it from a team camaraderie point of view. But look. Even the big full forwards kicking bags in the day didn't, you know, they didn't have this look about them. If you're going to kick all... Uh, look, maybe edit this slightly, but... Um, Make it work for me now. <laughs> no, no, look. Um, Can I give you a name of a yeah. big forward who used to do this? Wayne Carey. And he used to strut around because he could. And that's what Danger's doing. He's strutting around because he can, because he's single-handedly winning this game of football. All I remember is a eight to nine-year-old kid booing Wayne Carey, so it's probably irked me since then. He set me on a path, but look, look, I know when you when you are good, you can do it. But I, I'm seeing it from the cockiness, and look, you can do it when you're that good. But I mean, Wayne made his, you know, brought his team with him. I get more of of that sense, and I didn't get it from Danger. Fair enough. Fair enough. You've um. You, you, we're going to start making a hit list. So you've knocked off Clarkson, Dangerfield. You've tried to knock off, well, uh, I was going to say North Melbourne, but that's not really a big... It's a club and not a big club at that. So um, I love your work, Tom. I love you taking aim because for all the years I've known you, you've been more passive, more sort of not sitting on the fence, <laughs> but more like just just nice bloke about these sorts of things. And I love it. You've got, um, what was your name for Clarkson? The Deflector? Yeah. Now, look, I don't know. You'll have to come up with a name for danger by the end of the show. Um, I think of something. Let, let's, look, let's now look at our our teams who've missed the finals. And what we're going to do, we've got obviously 10 teams have missed the finals. Eight are now playing um, in that, was it first week of October it'll be? Yeah, that's right. Uh, and we're going to go, we're going to rank them, but not just... Obviously, they've finished where they finished on the ladder, and you can get a gauge of how good they were this year off that. We're going to rank them based off preseason expectations, how their season's panned out. Obviously, we're going to factor in things like injuries, form, um, all that sort of stuff to give you an idea of whether... Obviously, it's not acceptable to miss the finals, but whether or not it was a stepping stone or, or a, there were positives in the year or whether it was a disaster... Um, for, you t for these teams. So we're actually going to start from ninth. Melbourne just missed the cut. Um, out of 10, Tom, what what what, what would you say? We, we, were we were expecting them to play finals, weren't we? We or were. Uh, look, They finished 17th last year. 
they did. So I've taken that into account. I think uh, on the injury front, uh, look, they missed Maxi Gorn for a few, but I'd say they were relatively healthy for for the year by by league standards. Um, I've given them a five, which they've it's average. So it it reflects their position. So I mean, they, yes, they were coming from seventeenth, but with their list on paper, I think we our expectations were slightly higher than that. I think finals would have been an overachievement. Uh, I know we're saying they've got a great list, but I guess their top end's fantastic. It was how their bottom end was going to go. Um, I had them smack bang in the middle as a five. Uh, what, what did you have them, yep. Seb? Yep, five's good for me. They were the definition of average. Um, won some games, lost some games, sit literally in the middle of the ladder. Um, I think... I don't know how it's still affecting their club. Like this happened in the Neil Danaher era, where they were play yeah. the finals, miss finals, play, the old, the and they yo-yo. just the old yo-yo. Um, I'd say the old roller coaster, but a roller coaster has highs, which they haven't really had for a while. Um, <laughs> yeah. But no, look, average. I mean, prelim seventeenth, and now ninth. How do you get a read on them? You sort of can't. Um, next year, like I've said many times, it's make or break for Simple Simon. Um, but I'd have them average five, five out of ten. That's good for me. Uh, the Giants we've sort of touched on, um, but given they're the only club to win a final in the last four years, in each of the last four years, they played off in the grand final last year, albeit terribly. They had to travel to the other team's home ground. Let's not get into that. But I, I would say three out of ten, given the talent on that list and the expectation. They would have expected to play finals. They should have played finals. But- Absolutely. I, I gave them a uh, three and a half, so not too far off. Um, just given, yeah, I mean, they came out of that grand final. I know they got whacked, but, um, you know, they still they were young, healthy, great names across every line. Um, I mean, they. I don't know whether it's just management or just genuine bad luck, but they always seem to never have their complete best 18 on the ground at one time. There's always a... a what you would deem a star or a really good player missing um, this year. You know, um, Cal Ward was missing for stretches. I think Phil Davis was missing for stretches. Uh, you know, I mean, they dropped Caniglia. I know that was one game, but, you know, they never really found that perfect midfield mix. Um, and yeah, and that, to come from a grand final, I mean, it's happened a fair... It's happened more than you would think teams that have gone grand final to out of the finals, but I guess... Um, I didn't expect it to be the Giants, to be honest. So yeah, three, three and a half, I think's fair. Um, which is well below average, which I think sums up yeah. the year. It was a poor year, poor year. Not too many highlights for them in there. Um, we'll move on to Carlton. Finished eleventh, seven and ten. Uh, I actually had them six out of ten. I thought they took a lot of positive steps. Their best player, Paddy Cripps, was clearly hurt all year. Um, but being the soldier warrior that he is, didn't make anything of it nothing came out everyone's talking well if he's on the park he's fit to play yes that's true but he's still injured he, he your output doesn't just disappear you know in one off season without something hampering him um and i think they took a lot of positive steps under the teague train to um to be setting themselves up for a crack at the finals next year that, that's that's their goal next year play a final yeah, no, look, I fully agree. I was a little harsh. I, I had them at, at five, which I think is average, but it could also be viewed as they just went to expectation. 
Um, I think 7-10 was a great result for them. Uh, you know, they found a few, set a field in the midfield, weedering down back. Um, you know, they for no um, big Charlie Kerno for most of the year, I think, uh, you know, they, they had to deal with that. Um, I didn't mind big Harry, actually, and big Tom DeConing. So I think, you know, they, they continue to sort of build their bigs and get games into them. So, look, yeah, it, they went to went to plan for me for the Blues. They're building nicely. Now, next year, obviously, that, that bar raises again. Uh, Blues fans are sick of them not making the finals. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they go. If they, yeah, they can snag a Zag Williams. I know they've already missed out on Tom Papley, which will hurt them greatly. But if they can move on from that one and, and build to next year. But yeah, look, I've given them a five for this year. Now, we gave this team credit uh, last, a couple of weeks ago, uh, and that's Frio. So... I think they're one that had low pre-season expectations, if, if we're being honest. I think, uh, you know, that sort of bottom four rung was where they were at, but they really showed something, particularly as as we noticed in that second half of the year. They've got the potential uh, rising star and, and Caleb Sarong, and the, and the players are really playing for Longmuir over there. So I, I gave them a six and a half, I think, which was I th- not to give anything too far away, but I think that'll be the highest that you'll find in this bottom half of the uh, ladder so uh, look I was happy with Freo six and a half for me yeah I had them seven out of ten um, a lot of positive steps uh, they've got their coach right which I think is one of the hardest things in footy like yeah. we've talked about I think Melbourne and the Giants don't and that held them back this year whereas Freo got it right um, they've got games into kids Chera Sarong um, they're doing all the right things they need a key forward don't know where they're going to find one where they're going to be able to rustle one up um, but uh, overall on the year, I think most people expected oh, they're going to win three or four games. They're not. They're not going to be around that mark for playing a final. When they win that game against Carlton, they're eight and nine, one game outside the eight. Like we're not talking about much going their way to suddenly get them in there. The fact it didn't isn't a big deal. Um, they, I, I think, I think overall you'd be disappointed with the win-loss ratio, but you'd be feeling a lot of promise as to where they're, they're heading um, for 2021. The next team finished 13th. The Bombers, how'd you see them? Yeah, look, uh, I think I might have even gone high with this. I've given them a 4 out of 10, Ooh. which might be high, but uh, look... I am maybe over giving them a little bit of credit. I mean, they did jump out of the blocks and they were playing some great footy in that first part of the year, but it really fell away and fell away badly. Um, I'm trying not to get wrapped up in their last two weeks where the wheels have completely fallen off. Um, I did... I mean, I, I didn't have high expectations on them coming into the year. I didn't trust the rutten warsfold thing to work. It was two different messages. So I think by the end of the year, that really showed... Uh, they look like a confused group, I guess. Um, you're looking for players. I know this is biased from a super coach point of view. I had McGrath and Langford, who both really had good years. So I, I enjoyed that. And Jordan Ridley, who we might cover later on, uh, is a gun as well for them. But uh, yeah, look, I, I just think we overrate their top end constantly. Uh, their bottom end, I think, got worse. So that showed as well. And they, they look, Five is average. They were below average, so I've given them a four. Maybe a generous four. Yeah, I gave them a one. You gave them a one? The talk out of the club was we can win the flag at the start of the year. That was from the coach. That's 
that's high expectation. They could have played finals. Do you remember after the first month of footy, they were three and one, and they you had the they had the Melbourne game in hand. Yep. You know both teams had that in hand all year, and it didn't do either of them really a lick of good. Um, and they're always they're always going to put and they're always going to be around the mark, and they could play finals, and then oh, and it just kept getting worse and worse. And now here we are. They're six and ten. Rutten hasn't actually coached a game as senior coach, and there are already question marks about him. They're already question yeah, marks. Yeah, I've seen the calling uh, whether the players are playing for him or, or not at this stage. Yes, John Warsfold's still the coach, and I know Rutten's doing a lot strategy-wise and all that sort of stuff, but he's getting questioned without having coached a game. Danaher gone. It looks that they've delisted with a delist. Five, yeah, five. Um, you've got Fantasia wanting r- rumors he wants out. You've got talk that um, Bell Chambers has retired. Whether it was forcefully or not, I'm not sure. Well, and yeah, you've got Hooker and Hurley yeah. wondering why he didn't get a farewell game, and they're at odds with the coach. Which coach are they at odds with? It's an absolute mess down there. And stay tuned. In the rumor mill, I've got a good one about one of their absolute stars. Um, Heppel missed a lot of time through an injury. There was shining light in, uh, like you said, McGrath is an out-and-out star. Uh, Langford had his best year. Ridley was an absolute fine. I don't know where he's come from, but out-and-out <laughs> um, out star. Uh, but overall, from what they were expecting and what people were expecting of them to then have this sort of year, 6, 10, and 1, they've got the third worst percentage in the competition. Yeah, that, that's worse. an indictment. Yeah, that that's big. I think. Their wins are against all the teams just below them, um, and I'd say absolute disaster for Essendon. And look, that's the great thing about our game; they can turn it around next year and play finals. Like they absolutely could if they can get their list right. And and if Rutten Rutten starts gets them gets them going. Um, I think there was a lot of confusion over the game plan all year, which may have hurt. Um, we're moving right down into the bottom, the bottom uh, quarter of the ladder. Uh, the Gold Coast Suns five eleven and one. I I thought at the start of the year they were real positive, doing a lot of things right, and then they've done what they do every year. And yeah, just I was going to say that Gold up, Coast that Gold Coast slide. I think <laughs> once that first quarter of the year goes, the they might as well pack it in. They've done it year after year. Yeah, I, I had them... I think I had them at a four. I, it could have been better, but the back back, the back nine or the it back six games, back then, yeah. it was terrible. Um, what did you give them? Well, look, I, I gave them a six. So, uh, which, yeah, again, on, on my scale that I was working with, five was average. So I thought they were slightly above average. I know they, they tapered away, uh, but I mean, coming into the year, um, you know, they were a lock for your wooden spoon. Um, it was whether or not they could improve. I think uh, as they continually show, they can they can find some talent there. So it is disappointing we didn't get to see a whole year of Matty Rowell. Uh, I think, yeah, Noah Anderson there. Sam Collins was a bit of a shining light down there. Um, they didn't get anything out of Big Peter Wright or Will Brody, who were two high picks. Uh, Wits just kept going on in the ruck. Um, uh, yeah, look... Uh, I know they tapered away, but I think the expectations were extraordinarily low, and they they lifted for me. I didn't see them 
you know, winning more than four games. I mean, they've gone slightly above that. So for me, they're slightly above average. So I gave them a six. Yeah, that's fair. Um, maybe, I'm, maybe I'm a bit harsh. Um, there is a bit of disarray going on behind the scenes at that club. Um, well, yeah, that, that's hot off the press, really. Uh, Stewie Jew had a few few drinks at the end of season, sort of sort of catch up, and uh, it, it was a couple of disgruntled now ex staff members filmed him uh, doing oh. something that I reckon a lot of people have done in their time. But you can hear about that from other media outlets. Uh, Hawthorne, the Hawthorne Hawks, five and twelve. Uh, I had them as a three out of ten. They there was talk they could play finals. They're going to do this. They're going to do that. They won five games. That that ain't great. Even in a shortened year, it ain't great. Look, Seb, I'm I'm not going to lie. I told you in our little prep, and we we did minimal prep. So this is instinctual to the listeners out here. What what we're giving these clubs this this wasn't something we sat on in the break and and thought out. This is pure gut instinct. These scores, when uh, we also want to hear yours. So at 12 rows back if you've got any uh, thoughts. But I told you in the lead-up that I had one team that I gave a 1 out of 10 to, and you thought it was the Ruse, but I actually swapped them up late. I'm giving the Hawks a 1. I think, you know, coming into the year, they were talking finals. You know, Tommy Mitchell's had a, a you know, he, he's on the comeback trail, obviously, from that broken leg, and he's got a, you know, good preseason under him. You had Gunston, Isaac Smith... Uh, you know, the recruited uh, Jack Frost, who I'm not saying is a gun, but they looked uh, a little shorer down back. What were they going to do with McAvoy? There was a big talk about that. Big John O'Patton up forward. It, it was high expectations from the Hawks. And yeah, they, I mean, yes, they won yesterday and sort of added uh, a bit of percentage there, but they've had an absolutely terrible year. And if Clarko wasn't sooking every week, they would be irrelevant and not in the papers. So I think it's been a disaster of a year for the Hawks. Um, I've got, I'm giving them the one. Uh, they've had the, the, I think they've, from what we're judging this on, I think they've had one of the worst years of the comp. So uh, sorry to the Hawks fans out there, and I know a few of them will be listening. Uh, that's not personal. I just think your club had a shocking year. Gee, you, uh, you've got something in for Hawthorne, but I like it. I like the, uh, I like the ruthless nature of your critique there, Tom. Uh, bottom three. These ain't great. Sydney, I gave them a four. And I, I, I'm i on the fence about four to five. Uh, I think they probably expected to do a lot better. Injury hurt them. That can happen when you've, you know, given your key four to Godfather deal of, yeah. what was it, 10 years, 11 million or something. Um, that's not going to get any better for them. So you can't come into the year expecting you're going to get 22 weeks of Buddy kicking four each week. Um, so I had them four out of 10, but a lot of positives for them, a lot to build on. Um, I I wonder if they could serve from a fresh voice as well. Well, that's that's an interesting one. The, the horse, and that that's not obviously on, on coaching performance. That's just no, longevity of appointment. Yep. That's that's correct. What he coached him to the flat. When did he take over? Two thousand ten. Two thousand ten. Yeah, I think yeah, because yeah. um, that was you know they they snaffled. Uh, I think it was Jetta, Rowan, Kennedy, McGlynn. That was basically at the start of Horses Run. Two thousand ten. Yeah, yeah. Like being a great coach, took him to the grand final. Um, I think he's well entrenched in there, and they love the love him, and he's not going anywhere. I just, I, I just wonder with all the fresh players, could a fresh voice help boost them up the ladder? Um, 
that's just a thought. Like North were heavily into him last year to try and replace yeah, Brad Scott, that. and I think we thought we were going to have him or Clarkson or uh, Simpson, and all three of them were well, not you, interested. You, you got to dream uh, big. Your club's been good at that. Which that we're part gonna, of it. We're probably going to get to, but how did, how did you rate the Swans? Yeah, look, I I gave the Swans a five and a half, so the bare, barest of uh, margins, just above average. Pass, I think um, coming coming into the year, I, look, I didn't think you know they were they weren't talking top eight, uh, but they were talking uh, top four. Um, oh, sorry, bottom four. Um, so you know to finish there does hurt, but I think you know for a year where yeah you've as you said no buddy uh, Josh Kennedy not available for for large stretches, uh, I think they found a couple in uh, McCartan and, and Rowbottom, uh, and they've given uh, they've given plenty of games to youngsters. They've been you know youngest list out on the uh, park for a fair few weeks. So I think a, a building year, uh, you know. They've they've shown shown some results. They've been in games I think longer than we've thought for a team at this position of the ladder. Um, you know they they don't sort of play one good quarter and then fade out. You'll you'll find they're sort of in it for maybe two and a half, maybe three if they're lucky. Uh, look, I, they yeah look. I'm not saying a, a fantastic year, but it was a slightly above average year for the Swans. So I'm happy to sit on a 5.5. But yeah, they're another one I guess that you're throwing with them. Carlton and maybe Freo as well, where we're going to look to them and the Suns really that to that continued improvement. So I think, uh, you know, th- this is one of those years, as you mentioned before, where, you know, things happen and you can almost just write it off and, and put it back. But they're going to take a little bit from this one and hopefully uh, take it into next year. Now, on, on to your boys down at uh, down at Arden Street. Um, look, we, we spoke about them last week. I think, yeah, it, it's well known on this podcast that the great start to the year uh, at, at Two, two wins. I mean, coming into the year, I think, yeah, as we spoke about, finals were on the agenda. Now, uh, we did add injuries as a uh, category on this one, and you were smashed. I'm not going to lie. You you were really smashed on that front. To lose Ben Cunnington for that much of a season's really got a sting. Um, so, I mean, there are positives there. I think, yeah, Jai Simkin really stood out. Jed Anderson has come from the clouds. He's really started to show why you uh, paid the big price for him. But, look, I can't... Ignore the facts that yeah, it was probably the worst season in your club's history almost because I don't think you've finished seventeenth before. So statistically, it's it puts it there. I think um, we had a couple of winless seasons back in the forties. Yeah, forties and fifties, like probably back into, to back winless seasons. Which yeah, they they might great, take the cake. That was until uh, Kevin Dynan came along and turned that football club around. Um, but look, if if you take away the first two wins of the year, uh, I think you'll find is that one game out of your last fifteen. Yep. yep. Yeah. So one and fourteen from, that's, from that point onwards. Yeah. So for yeah for a club that came in with thinking finals, I I can't give them a high score for that. So I've given you guys a two. I had us as a two as well. Um, I think the injuries were the only thing that saved us from getting a one. <laughs> uh, terrible year, not a great year to support. Um, but that's what supporters do. They front up every year. Look, I think there's a lot of positives, a lot of stuff to build on. But all in all, when we appointed Reece Shaw, we were expecting to just add a couple of senior players in and be playing finals this year. That was the expectation. And we started by knocking off team playing finals this year and last year's grand finalist. And all the signs were there and then it all went to you yeah. know what so we don't need to dwell on it but poor poor year by our standards can i and... ask a question without notice here the 11 
people, uh, 11 players cut. Uh, does it sit well with you or not? Where, where does that one sit? We handled a lot better than when we told Harvey, White, Del Santo and Petrie they weren't getting new contracts. Yeah. Wait, no, we kept Wade on. Who was the other one? No, I think it was Ferrito. Was he? Yeah, yeah Ferrito. Spud. Yeah. Old Spud Ferrito. Yep. We handled a lot better than that. Different yep. circumstances, obviously. Broomer, club games record holder, AFL games record holder. He can. He's probably a little bit more sway as in walking to the coach and say, what's going on? Where's my contract? Like, what are we doing? Um, but we, look, you thank them for their service. You move on. Uh, what more can you do? Like A lot of us supporters are saying it's about time that some of them are gone, and then, like, how many of them are going to get another contract? One, maybe two at a push? Yeah. Wouldn't be surprised if none get a second crack at it, to be honest. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's the interesting part. I guess we don't know the makeup of, of lists, and I guess with no VFL, I'm, I'm thinking a few of them might get a chance that might not have, given that we haven't seen a whole lot of VFL. I think you'd favour a player that's been in the system this year in particular, but look, I, I, I looked at it, and yeah, I didn't think it was, uh, you know, you guys just, just letting it go. Little surprise, I I guess, with Ahern. I thought he, he showed a little bit. Uh, he he might have faded late. Um, I'm saddened by Sam Durden. I think he had massive raps coming in. He just didn't make it. He, he's a bit of, a bit of my boy, as you would know, Seb. I, I just followed get his over this Sam, You've got to get over this Sam Durden <laughs> thing. He, he couldn't crack it in our side, and we've been told for years our side's pretty average, and he couldn't quite crack into it. Um, Look, it's fair. And, and to... It's not just Durden. I guess big uh, Hugh Goddard was another one. I think I high-fived my uh, brother when we picked him up in the draft and, and he never came on and unfortunately he's been delisted today by the Blues. So there were a few in that class that just didn't come on uh, that had that had good draft potential. But yeah, I guess it's just get you know getting it out on the field consistently. That's what happens. Uh, last, but I was going to say not least, but potentially least, Adelaide. How did you... Um... How did you rank them? They that's the poorest year in that club's proud uh, history. Absolutely, uh, for the Crows that that is the lowest they've ever been. They've uh, now left Port Adelaide as the only club to never win a wooden spoon. So, um, for for a pretty proud club, I mean, we were talking about them a few weeks ago in our Big Four discussion. Um, you can't be winning, uh, you know, wooden spoons, um, and, and and finishing on the bo- uh, sorry, and considering yourself Big Four. So I gave them a three. Uh, they weren't expected to climb out of the bottom four, but I guess I didn't picture it being as bad as it was. I think they lost, what was it, their first 13 in a row. Um, you know, you, you still did have some quality there in the Crouch Brothers and uh, Big Riley O'Brien, the Ruckman, who uh, who I think I gave my uh, most improved at the halfway point of the year. He had a great year. Um, you know, but they just really... Apart from blooding youngsters, you couldn't really pin it on on much. Uh, I guess they're a little flurry, but I, I'm trying not to let those sway my scores too much because you can get on a bit of a roll. Um, but yeah, I'm happy with giving them a three. Yeah, I, I had a two. They had a poor year. We expected them to finish. We expected a poor year, but to go winless through 10 games is just... That's terrible. And, it's... And- it's Awful. I've got to give it because I feel like I hammered the ruse. I'll give you a shout out. You smashed them by 70 points. That just isn't good enough. That's, you know, two sides you would say in the same range and you really showed them. So they were, at that stage of the year, particularly really the bottom of the bottom. That's as low as this club's been in its existence. So, yeah, these yeah. scores can't be high. Definitely a poor year. Um, interesting little exercise. We're going to rank the top eight. I just think we're going to leave it 
based on how they finish through the finals. Yeah. Uh, so maybe we'll rank the two teams that get knocked out each week and go from there. Um, so what first week of the finals it'll be Saints and Pies we're ranking. Uh, no, I think you'll find we'll we'll still be in the hunt. So, uh, well, unless you're already giving us yeah, your uh, underdog Hunt. tip, uh, <laughs> no, I, I don't think we'll be doing the Saints till almost November. This is why the listeners have hung in. They want to hear the rumor mill. We've talked it up. This is the week we're launching it. I really want to give you first uh, first use of the new ball, Seb. So, the cricket term there. Uh, jump into it, mate. What what have you got for us? The rumor mill. Yeah, well, we've got. And this is a big one, and we I sort of talked about this off the top, um, and obviously I went hard on the Bombers with my ranking there. I've heard Zach Merritt will be playing at Geelong next year, Ooh. and I've heard it's 99% done. 99%? Now, That's... Geelong have got three first-round picks. Yeah, They've but... got their pick, the West Coast pick, and the Gold Coast priority or additional selection. They scooped um, on that. I couldn't believe when that happened in last year's draft. Well done to the Cats on that bit of magic. Yeah, re- Riddle me that, but they've got, you know, they could give Essendon a first and a, they could give Essendon two firsts and take back a second or something like that. I don't think you'd quite give up two firsts for merit. I know Dodoro will ask for three firsts. Absolutely, so and you can guarantee this deal will go right down to the wire because that's just the way they operate. But anyway, that's that's the side pot. But yeah, hundred no. percent. Um, but that's I'm hearing that's that's happening. His family's out further that way. I think I. I I don't know the full story behind why he wants to do it, but it's fitting in line with the exodus that he's pending. Obviously, they've delisted, uh, they've delisted a few. Yeah, and yeah. we're hearing rumours Kyle Hooker and Hurley are not too happy, and despite the fact their contractor might look to play elsewhere, Saad is not contracted, and talks have sort of stalled. I think Saad just wants some more money, and rightly so. Yep, um, finished third in the BNF, uh, and obviously Danaher. Will he stay or won't he stay? I think he is gone mentally. He's gone. So wow. So that that is be able to turn that round. That is an exodus. So Merritt, Hooker, potentially Hurley, Saar, Danaher. They've already lost McKenna for uh, um, other reasons. That that's a fair whack, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's it's that time of year, and I think yeah. I reckon the brass at the top want to do something to really rejuvenate the list and not just let's try and add X, Y, Z, and then boost up with what we've got look at the real positives we've got and then just try and capitalize where we can um so there look we should have said this right off the top these are rumors these are not facts even though i gave you a 99 percent done these are genuine rumors they may or may not happen if they don't i'm happy for you to come and have a go at me but no, no, They're that's rumors. a game. Uh, I'm with you. I think, you know, that's this time of the year. It, it, you're dealing in rumour and we're happy to deal in it as well. As always, though, we, we want to hear from you listeners. So, yeah, at 12 rows back, if, you, if you've got any you'd like to, to send in, uh, look, and if, if the listeners want it, we can critique these later in the year under the harsh light of day. But for now, these are, these are rumours. Uh, I've got a couple myself that uh, I've been able to track uh, at this early point of the, I guess, trade season now. I guess most of the comp uh, has finished for the year. So uh, I've got a couple involving Geelong. So I'm hearing Luke Bruce to the Cats. Ooh. And Nakia Cockatoo heading up to Brisbane to join the Lions. So uh, there are a couple I've got there. Um, I guess maybe Hawthorne looking to 
to sort of speed up their rebuild. They've had, I think they're going to have a top five. Oh, well, they will. They're going to have the fourth pick in this year's draft, obviously, before we account for uh, academy selections and whatnot. Uh, will that help speed up its rebuild? And Cockatoo hasn't, a bit like Lincoln McCarthy, actually, speaking of cats that have gone up to Brisbane, just hasn't really been able to get his body right, but maybe a new environment he can refresh there. Um, one I've got for you that's Bombers related. Uh, they're all the talk is uh, Fantasia, favouring the Crows rather than the power we heard last year. So Adelaide into him. They've got a bit of draft capital that they can play with and they might have a go there. It's also because he said he wanted to go to the power last year and he pulled the pin at last minute. So it's once bitten, twice shy. They're not going to try and recruit him in. They're just not interested in that sort of rubbish. Oh, well, there you go. That might be my closest to not being a rumour. That could be a fact. And the, just the other one I've heard is uh, Jamie Elliott to the Hawks. I think uh, that could oh, be cash-related, that one. Uh, yeah, little, little one I've I've heard around the traps. Very good. I love what you're bringing. Now, this one is a real rumour. It's a real good one that oh, I've heard. I love it when he brings these to the table, listeners. This is... Just turn it up a little here. I don't know if you will love where I'm going with this, but I've heard now there's a couple of brothers that play in the AFL. <laughs> nah, now turn it down now, listeners. Nah, I, don't, I think I know where this is going. Last name King. Um, <laughs> I've heard Max has really enjoyed his time up in Queensland. Like, really enjoyed it. <laughs> and the lure of going to play with his brother is strong. He's going to holiday up there after the end of the season. I'm pretty sure that's on. Um, and I'm just hearing Gold Coast are looking to maybe try and play the Twin Towers down forward and, and try and pry him out of the Saints. Have you heard anything on your end that, that might be at risk? And look, I, look, I haven't heard anything of the sort. Um, I think last year, you know, there was obviously the talk of it being the other way around, Ben coming down, but I, look, I haven't heard that angle. Uh, I think if... Uh, Max ventures back down into Melbourne and hears the love for him from the Saints fans, it might just change his mind. So, uh, look, I'm hoping you're wrong on that one for, for, St. Kilda's, uh, for St Kilda's sake. We've talked a lot of Bombers here, which is not something I'm normally prone to do, but I thought it was really interesting. They held their best and fairest last night before the round had ended, yeah. let alone like the day after their season ended, which was really, really odd. Um and shout out to Jordan Ridley, who won his first best and fairest, and obviously it has to be his first. He played nine total games for the club slash in the AFL coming into the year, and somehow he's it's a great he's, he's great, had a super year. It's a he great story. It. Yeah, he he does deserve it though. I would have pegged him as their their BNF winner, but uh, look, I, I could be completely wrong about this as a stat. I don't think I've ever seen a team hold their BNF as quick from the end of their season. That is a turnaround and a half. They're, they've literally finished, what, Saturday at 6 o'clock and it's the next night. I don't think it's ever been done. Yeah, they had Dustin Fletcher and Julian DeStoop hosting it via Zoom. How does uh, Fletch go on the hosting stakes? Uh, he's uh, I'll never be honest. a wordsmith in his playing days, so I'm trying I'll to imagine be honest. the content. Didn't watch a second of it. <laughs> not, not up my alley. Look, I mean, it, it won't be the only one on Zoom, obviously, but I think, yeah, they, they just... I think they want to put the full stop on this year. I mean, our, our scores, I think, earlier reflect that. So that that is pace. That is quick. Yep, that's... Let's get this season done and dusted. Let's move on and let's get on with our planning for next year, which I actually think that's the right move. If you've had, if you've had a poor year, just strike it, review it, work out where you went wrong, but 
strike it as quickly as you can to start building something positive. Now, on to one of my favourites, a stat of the week. Uh, have you got anything for us this week, Tom? Yeah, actually, if uh, if you'll allow me, just just a couple of quick ones. So uh, this final series is the first final series featuring St Kilda and Richmond since 1973. Ooh. So there's one for the classics. Uh, obviously, the Tigers had a good 70s. Uh, Saints made the granny in 71, so we still had a decent team at that point. So it's been a long time since you've seen these two clubs in the finals together. Nothing through the 90s. Nah, so 95, the Tigers was there. They played in a prelim. Yeah, but that was, I think, their only finals appearance for the decade. So we missed yeah, them right. in uh, 97 uh, and 98 when we made it as well. Uh, obviously, the 80s were horrendous for St Kilda. We, and, and Richmond, really, to be honest. They really, obviously, started well uh, with the 1980 flag and um, just disappeared from there. So, yeah, it's been a long time coming. And then this, this is one I think you might enjoy. So... Uh, on the team sheets for this week, in the uh, Don's D's game, you had M Hibbard out and M Hibbard in. So that was obviously Mitch Hibbard and uh, Michael Hibbard from uh, their respective clubs. Uh, and it hasn't happened since 2009, round 21, when C Jones was out for North and C Jones was in for St Kilda. The great Corey. The great Corey Saab, trying to forget about that game. You pegged us and it ruined it. Uh, our streak had already been broken the week before. We'd won 19 to start the year. Bombers beat us and then you nabbed us in that uh, game. But that was C. Jones out, C. Jones in. M. Hibbard out, M. Hibbard in. We haven't seen that for a while. There you go. That is, that is, I'm not sure if it's fascinating stuff or meaningless stuff, but. <laughs> Probably a little you, of both. You don't hear it everywhere. Um, now I've got, I've got a really good one. Like, I'm really happy with this. Yeah. I'm really happy with this. Like um, so, obviously, this year, we've played, what, 80% of the year in Queensland? Yeah, that's that's about, about fair. If Brisbane had a big advantage, do you think? Uh, well, I mean, they've played more home games than most, so I would say so, yeah. Yeah, so, in 2020, Brisbane are playing in their home state 82% of the time. They played at their home ground 58% of the time. And they were interstate 18% of the time. That feels like a big advantage, yeah, doesn't that, it? Yeah, I would say, yeah, if you if you get that in the fixture in most years, you'd be real happy with that as, as the Lions. In 2019, Collingwood played 80% of their games in their home state, 65% at their home ground, and 20% interstate. That is magnificent. That's unbelievable. That's we it's we actually identical. Like, we talk about the bias, I guess, that the pies get, but it is real. That is that's some uh, hats off to you for that one, mate. That is a ripper. I it's think just yeah. Vic bias is real and alive, and people keep telling me it doesn't <laughs> exist, and I'm going mad. Nah, that, that is but there. if that doesn't prove particularly that the, the fixture ground. is compromised, yeah. like that's sixty. What's that? I play fourteen out of twenty two at the MCG. Yeah, that's, that's that's crazy. Well, where's the, oh, the grand finals at the MCG? Wow, boy oh boy, wow we still couldn't get over West Coast in 2018. But uh, <laughs> yeah, like, and this is I'm just going to keep going my Vic bias thing. This is not I don't have any more stats. I'm, I'm out of stats, tapped out. But this was a tweet from one of the uh, SEN shows, and it just said it's looking at crowds next year and. You know, we should be able to get crowds in Melbourne, in Victoria, along with other states. But 
if we're stuck to 50% capacity at the grounds, should the MCG host more games in 2021 to maximise attendance? That's a fair question. I, I, well, I mean, we're going to get is more it, of this. Is it, are we going to compromise it further? Collingwood play 14 out of 22. Do they have to play 20 out of 22? Yeah, look, is I, that I, the I only take fair your point. way? I take your point. I, I'm seeing it, I guess, you know, you want to... Get, they get the fans in after a year of not seeing any footy. But, yeah, look, I mean, that does compromise it a, a heap more. And um, you'd think that even might be a chance, given that, you know, the G didn't have the granny. They're going to be looking to get as many games there as they can. They will. They'll push for it. And 76% said yes, 24% said no um, on that Twitter poll when I had a look at it. You but... weren't one of that 24%? No, I was. Oh, you were? Oh, yeah. Was the... I tick no. 12 rows back account part of that 24%. No, no, no. That's that's my own personal Twitter, I believe. Um, but just, yeah, I'll... Um, it, it, listeners, email 12rowsback at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter. DM us on Twitter. DM us on Instagram. Um, if you've got my number, ring me. Um, <laughs> like, I'm happy to have this debate about anything. And I've had people try and go me on this, but you just can't argue the blatant facts of... It's biased towards Victorians. And someone said to me, oh, well, of course it's biased towards Victorians. There's more teams there. Therefore, you have to go that way. And well, you're right, but it's supposed to be an even fixture. Like we've got equalization measures across the comp, but we don't want to have it equal. So there's my rant. I'll probably do no, a separate no, that, that, podcast series over summer about <laughs> uh, about the bias. Look out for that. Uh, let's, let's, let's get into the underdog tipping. Tom, and uh, we both fell a little bit short. Yeah, so uh, look, I, I was hopeful that the dogs might pull a last round miracle. Uh, sorry, not the dogs. Uh, Freo, we're going to pull the dockers, I meant to say. We're going to pull a last round miracle and uh, pip the dogs, but just too much on the line in the end. And the uh, the dogs saluted and wrapped up their, their spot in the finals. Uh, and and you've gone, gone the pies late on a Monday night. Yeah, I had the pies and they've, they've obviously been rolled tonight. Um, we'll ride in it, so I reckon... Well, look, I was going to say I reckon I was on the money, but we thought they'd start around $3, and they started at two twenty or something real short. So um, a lot of other people thought they were a fair chance. Um, but that leaves me ahead uh, ahead ever so slightly. I'm on front. 7.4 to your 6.1. So anyone's game... Yeah, we'll so look, right I'm glad our, se- our season doesn't end here. So we, we're going to track through the finals. My word, we are. And look, it's just, it's going to be harder in the finals. Or is it going to be easier? I don't actually, I haven't actually worked the an- out the answer to that question. It is, it's a fair question. I think you do find, obviously, the better teams usually salute. But there is always, it's finals football and it's always up in the air. So there could be some value as well. So I, I see both sides. I think I actually, depending on the odds, I think I know who I'm going to want to take in week one. But, but I'll keep that one yeah, up my we'll sleeve. Keep that one because uh, yeah, we've got Gill's uh, baby the week uh, by. But we won't stop. We'll we'll be uh, back uh, with an episode uh, just to keep you uh, listening uh, throughout that by, and we'll look at that at that time. But um, I think there's a, a player that you've had a, a real soft spot that that's hanging up the boots, and I think you should give him some credit. Yeah, so one of my all-time favourite non-North Melbourne players, and everyone's everyone's got them, uh, Justin Westhoff is retiring Off. at the end of the year. The ultimate swingman. 
as, as, as you might have heard me say, don't hassle the Hoff. <laughs> Just got to watch That's... out for him. Uh, he has actually been a staple of many super coach sides of mine. Helped me win not one, but two leagues yeah, now that the you... official scores are in. Oh, you, he's Lord. done it. So, yeah, for the listeners there, we, we are in a comp together, obviously, Seb and I. He beat me in a final a couple of weeks ago, but he is he's done it. He's come from the clouds and won four finals Bulldog style to win our uh, our comp. So I know there's a lot of uh, listeners out there that have their own competitions and hopefully you've gone as deep as Seb, but that is a famous win, Seb. That is, that's that's better than the Bulldogs 2016, that one from uh, your position from, from the clouds. It is, because I've won with 17 men to 18. Like, I've played a man short and won by, what's that, 62 points. So I'm very happy with myself. Now I only have to pay out the losing prize money, <laughs> yeah. which is magnificent. You've already spent the weeks. Um, no, look, but, fantastic result from you. But, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the Hoff, as you say, you know, in Supercoach, I mean, we're talking about that, but he was the ultimate swing man. You could play him anywhere. My word, you could. And, uh, yeah, look, it's always, it's the time of year. You've got a lot of retirements. Some of them are forced delistings. Others are just genuine. I reckon he might have wanted to go around again, the Hoff, but I think the coach said, no, nah, it's time. And, you know, when you've played one club, what's he played, 250, 270 games? Yeah, he'd be like pushing towards 300. That's a lot. That's a lot. And to go out, you know, his emergency tonight, I hope he gets, if it's right, I hope he gets a shot through the finals, playing a grand final. Um you know he's been been a good. Uh, if you, if you can draft a player like that, your club's going to turn out all right. Um, so shout out to him, and there'll be plenty more, and we'll see if we can come up with a few stories about some of the others too as the year goes on. Uh, I reckon that's it from us, Tom. It has been a ripping round. We've got finals, what about ten days away? Thursday week was it the first of October? First final that, and I I'm hearing. Am I here? Have they have they said anything? No. So there was, was swirls around that we were Coast. thinking maybe there might be a Wednesday final, but you think they've gone back no, to that's the Thursday model? That, They're back at that's the Thursday. Off now. All right. Um, I'm just not sure who they think. I'm getting the feeling it might be Port. Was it Port Geelong? Yeah, Port Geelong. Uh, in that one. So Port Geelong on the Thursday. Uh, then you've got Brisbane, Richmond, I reckon, will be on the yeah, Friday. Then you'll have West Coast, Collingwood, Saints, Dogs, both on the Saturday, allowing travel time back. Because um, Collingwood have to get to Perth now to quarantine for the West Coast final, so it can't be the Thursday. Yeah, there you go. Uh, I think that's, that's good... why it's. I think that's why it's changed, and why that the Wednesday consideration was then moved. Um, but that that's going to be. They're, they're four crackers. Um, and I, I, I'm excited to see what happens there. Beautiful, mate. I'm going out on that because it's a high Saints in finals footy. It's magnificent. Looking forward to it, mate. Uh, as always, hit us up on the social media and email, and it was great to talk about football again. <laughs> yeah, let's go out with the song. Oh, when the Saints go marching in, oh, how I want to be catching Oh, 
show green miracles to be a saint. Just walking on water and all it takes. Fishes and loaves can feed the masses. Get resurrected now, shake your ass. I said, shake your ass. I said, shake your ass. I said, shake your ass.